Hello and welcome to Lawrence Forking, Kansas, the podcast about the people and the stories behind the local food you love. I'm Jake. And I'm Kristen, and today we're interviewing the ownership team from RPG. Today we're talking with Matt and Betsy Poole and Nate and Megan Morshes of RPG. Matt, Betsy, Nate, and Megan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, thank, you. thank you for having us. So RPG, uh, you know, it stands for Restaurant, Pub, and Games, and uh, you know, it's a really cool play on play on the concept here because really the the center of what uh, what you guys are doing there is. Um, you know, kind of combining a culinary experience with, um, you know, with board games and many, all, all different types of games. Um, and, and really, we really love what you guys are doing there. It's really cool. I mean, when we first heard the concept, I think we actually, we kind of first heard about it at one of the nerd nights uh, back uh, back a couple, I guess it was probably last year. Um, but yeah, we heard about it at a nerd night and we're like, wow, that's such a good idea. I don't know, just being a college town with um, you know, a lot of you know, younger folks and, and just in, in general, people who I think, you know, always like going out and, you know, socializing and uh, what, what a good idea to kind of eating and playing games is, is a good concept. So anyway, so we really, really liked what um, you guys have brought to the Lawrence, uh, you know, downtown Lawrence scene and uh, really, really love the concept. I know you've had to shift a little bit with COVID um, and all that, but um, but yeah, we're really excited to kind of kind of learn, learn a bit, uh, you know, how, how it came to be. So tell us a little bit about yourselves. I know there's four of you, so you guys get to decide who starts. Well, uh, Megan and I met back in Detroit. That's where I grew up. And uh, she came down here uh, around 2007, and I chased her down, and then we were married um, about seven months later. Mm -hmm. And then we've been living in the area ever since. Um, I've worked at Lawrence Memorial Hospital. I've worked at various places around the community, and uh, we're so happy to... Um, bring this business to the city as well. Um, yeah, we started out in Topeka. We lived there for a short while, then mm-hmm. moved to Lawrence. We really didn't have plans uh, to stay. It was mostly for me to finish out nursing school. Um, we developed friendships and uh, we just put down roots unexpectedly. And then when nursing school was done, we ended up staying and now you know feels like home here in lawrence um well both matt and i i'll just talk about myself but both matt and i have been in lawrence for a long long time me for most of my life i grew up here um went to college at ku for a year and also private university and then um i lived for three years in the philippines because my major was elementary education so i taught there um in manila for two years came back um, we met shortly after I came back from the Philippines and married, and um, we have three boys now that I homeschool. I've also been a birth doula as well, so I've just been following my passion since I don't teach. I teach my kids, but I don't teach in a, a school setting mm-hmm. anymore, so yeah. Yeah, we actually met um, swing dancing, and yes. uh, mm-hmm. so we, we kind of have like, you know, we're kind of the everyone's a nerd about something, but we're kind of, we're, we recognize ourselves as kind of being the nerds even amongst our friend groups, you know? <laughs> um, so we kind of have those, like, not that the, the, the passions are like weird passions, but like, they're not necessarily the passions that everyone goes after or whatever. It's like swing dancing, you know, that was very popular in the nineties. Not so much, you know, a thing today, um, but we still enjoy it, you know, when we can get out and do something like that. So, Definitely. yeah. 
So my background, uh, I grew up in um, Lawrence, uh, West Junior High, Free State, KU, uh, all the way through, and then um, came out of a job of uh, IT to start a restaurant. So um, that's what I did prior to this, and uh, here we are. So. So how the two, so it's a, both of you, you know, it's two, uh, you know, you're, uh, two couples here. So how, how do the two kind of forces meet here? Have you guys been friends for a while or you kind of meet as you were looking into this venture? Oh, well, yeah, we've been friends for over a decade now. We actually know each other through church. Um, and so that's how we originally okay. met. Um, and we're all very active, uh, in our, in our local church that we're a part of as well. And so anyway, um, Nate and I have done a previous, um, business together that, um, you know, did, did well. It just kind of got to a point where we decided to move on to other things. We thought of this concept and kept moving forward. And so the, you know, us as couples, we've been friends for a long time. Um, and, uh, when this, this idea came about, you know, it's an idea that Nate had and it, I, I don't want to speak for him, but I think it was very much an easy thing for him to come to me and say, Hey, what do you think about this? Should we do it? And that's kind of where it went. So we had that relationship already. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. That's really cool. So, I mean, so, I mean, from hearing your background, so it doesn't sound like, you know, none of you had necessarily food experience though. Right. So. I've delivered so I pizzas. Imagine it, I don't know about the rest of you. I've, I've worked pizza. in a drive-thru. I've <laughs> worked in a drive-thru. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. the extent. Well, yeah. the thing is, though, even though we haven't necessarily had food experience, what we do have is a drive to help the community and also a background in business. And so the two put together really, you know, this we, we've seen this trend on the east and west coasts, uh, these board game type bars. And, um, you know, it was a really cool thing to be able to bring the community, bring people together. Yeah, was, yeah for sure. That was a, a big thing that we knew, we saw, we understood how to put a business together and we intentionally brought, put people around us to be able to figure out everything else, right? And uh, knew to rely yeah. and trust in them and their expertise to bring that to the table mm-hmm. um, when we had this concept. And, it's, you know, a lot, a lot of our job is just making sure that, you know, everyone that is working at RPG, including ourselves, is just understanding the the community that we're trying to create, you know, around food, around drink, and around board games, but really just this idea of this this extended family community that we can, you know, there can be tons of dividing lines, especially now uh, in our communities, but we can still get together and we can still, you know, have a conversation about this crazy board game or this thing over here or enjoy some good drinks or go out and get something good to eat, you know, uh, challenge each other to a game of, you know, connect four uh, or clue or something like that. And, um, so we saw this, we saw this need, you know, we saw the, um, so much of the community in the world today, we're, we're so more and more isolated, you know, and frankly, you know, we started this last September, uh, not knowing COVID was coming, but we're even more isolated than we ever were before, you know. And this this idea and this need and this drive for community is stronger than it ever has been. And you know, we're so, we're, I think we're all thankful that we have the ability to do things like we're doing now, and you know, uh, have remote conversations and things like that. But um, you know, that that need for community hasn't remotely uh, been abandoned by us, and, and the um, desire that we have to bring people together um, to and to really create a, a true sense of community. So, so yeah, I mean, we always like that. I mean, that's a, the hardest thing, you know, is one thing you have the idea, right? And then the next part is then, you know, making it a reality. And kind of like you said, you, you're bringing in 
um, you know, because you didn't have too much experience in the restaurant business. I mean, you, so you, yeah, you kind of brought in, looked for the right people to help you with that part of it. Well, you guys brought a lot of probably the game knowledge and, and all that stuff. So, so what was that like to start trying to find, um, you know, find the right people, you know, get, get involved in that, that, and actually, you know, next find a space all, you know, what's that process like? I imagine that's a, it's a big hurdle to get over. We, uh, we have a very diverse set of skills, each one of us, even on the, 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 team here, the four of us. And so, um, you know, as we just got to know the community, we added everything that we can do and we brought on people that we were able to meet, people uh, that we, we met through a connection of a connection. And, um, you know, uh, we, we, we brought on a general manager, we brought on a chef, we brought on a bar manager. Um, and these were not people who were necessarily part of the founding team, but people that we've heard great things about in the community. And, um, uh, you know, we've worked really well as a team. I think one of the things that really helped us is we had pop-ups. We had several pop-ups before we even opened. And even our very first pop-up, we were just at the community center. It drew a whole bunch of people. Like we had almost... Over 100 people. Yeah, like between 100 and 200 people, our first pop-up. So just those drew a lot of interest. And through those, we made connections with people. And people came out and said, oh, I've been to all your pop-ups. I'm interested. And so those were kind of the people that we were talking to first, especially if they had the food experience that we didn't have. So Yeah, that's absolutely a, a big part of it. You know, the... It, you know, the, we, the pop-ups were, uh, you know, proof of concept, right? We wanted to make sure that, you know, before we, you know, dive headlong into this, that the community wanted it. Um, and it was proven immediately. The, the, the largest pop-up we had, we had over 350 people. It was at Abe and Jake's, and they had to open up that back room if you've been there before because there wasn't <laughs> enough seating because um, we weren't planning for that many people. And um, they just, they, you know it went off like a rocket for us and and so yeah so that was that was a big part of it but that was that was also very much like that's what I was saying our networking opportunities for us to, to discover and find these people in the community that would be a part of the the larger team to make rpg a reality so. and i would say that everyone that um that works at rpg has a, their own passion and desire to be creative in whatever area they're working yeah. so the in the in the in the food you know, that is created, um, the bar manager, there's just a lot of thought and a lot of passion and artistry and creativity that goes into the selection of you know, every aspect of the experience there. So it's been really exciting to invite people into the team that have a unique set of skills and just watch them flourish create, creatively and uh, be able to pursue uh, their own passions and really thrive in that way while still benefiting us overall, you know, as a team and a group and a business. So are you guys big gamers yourselves? <laughs> I am the biggest one of this, of this yeah. group for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Betsy's also in charge of our board yes. game library, uh, making sure that the new games are coming in inventory curation, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's her area of expertise for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. We're happy to, to let awesome. it be her area of expertise. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just wondering, how do you kind of stay up to date on what all is coming out? How do you decide what new games to bring in? I'm sure there's like subreddits on subreddits for that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of 
surfing the internet and just researching, seeing what people are talking about, like just subscribing to different things. So I'm just in the know talking to people. Since I love board games, it's something I'm always seeing in my news feed, um, Instagram feed. So that helps (laughs) a lot. Um, And just I'm also thinking about the people coming to RPG and what might they play because during these COVID times, there's been a few smaller groups coming to RPG. So like our two-player shelf is what people are going through. There's a lot of two-player games that are being played currently. So I'm just thinking about what are people wanting to play while they're eating food. It might not be the heavy strategy games that people love, but just what are the games that they're going to pick up. So Yeah, and that's, I mean... Just so listener, if anyone hasn't visited there, I mean, what's your count at? I think it's, you know it's like over a thousand games you have, or is that? Is yeah, that we have over a thousand board games. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just think people need to visualize that. It's just, yeah, it's, it's just wild. Lot. I remember when we went there. I mean, even even yeah, it's it's a, a wall and then a little bit more. Like it's just a massive wall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's massive. And what I thought was so impressive when we went there was that they're organized by like kind of what kind of game they are. So it's more like what kind of mood you're in. Um, you know, if it's, you know, more easy or more complicated, whatever you feel like tackling. I thought that was just really thoughtful and helpful for people like us who, you know, enjoy board games, but certainly aren't, you know, very well versed um, in that whole arena. So it's very approachable and just thoughtfully done. That's good to hear. Yeah, I wanted to lay it out in a way that um, people who are not gamers would come in and say, okay, I want a cooperative game or, no, I just want a party game. I'm just going to, the party game, like, the most accessible games are the party games and the lighter games, and it just goes heavier strategy as you go down um, on purpose. And then we have a short wall that has all the classics and family games, so it's all right there together that people can browse easily. So I'm glad it's set up, mm-hmm. You that you've seen that it's set up in such a way. Yeah, because I'd say we're probably not like the biggest of gamers, you know, we don't play a lot of, you know, a lot of board games. But yeah, definitely. It's kind of fun. I think always the the hard part is, is, uh, um, you know, you don't necessarily always want to commit to buying a a board game if you've never played it. But I think that's another kind of cool, uh, cool aspect of, of, of your business is the fact that, you know, you can really try out basically any game that's out there. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you you know, and then commit to it maybe if you want to so it's kind of like i said it's like a, li- a library so yeah it's pretty cool and so you want to talk a little bit more about the so the original concept right and i know you've had to adapt this a little bit but right it was um you know it was a little unique you know you paid like a you know a board uh, a sitting fee and then basically you had the table for the night if you wanted and um so you want to talk a little bit how you got to that is that something you saw from you know, like you mentioned like the some of the similar type of businesses that were coming up on the east and, and west coast or yeah, how'd, how'd you formulate that? Well, I don't want to talk the whole time myself, but I do want to clarify, there, it's not, there's no $5 that's required. The $5 is only if you want to play board games. We have plenty of people that come in for the food and the drink and absolutely like mm-hmm. have a great time. Yeah. And we, and frankly, the reason I want to clarify is because we've had a lot of people who have asked that or if like we've had to tell them that and they're like, oh, I thought it was just this, I had to pay five bucks no matter what. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like <laughs> we're a normal restaurant. You come and enjoy us like any other restaurant downtown. We just have the added benefit that if you want to play games, they're here as well. You know, it's interesting when we, when we were first coming up with the idea, uh, you know, all of us here, um, are really passionate about Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and we have played that for a long time. And that's been a ton of fun, ways that we've been able to grow together as, you know, a group of friends. 
So when we first started the concept, it was actually, the idea was a Dungeons and Dragons bar. Yeah. As we did more research and looked at things and figured out how exactly we're going to structure everything, we really wanted to bring in the board games um, so that, you know, a, a whole lot of people with a whole lot of different interests could come and still and really enjoy what we were putting together. And so, you know, the, the, the evolution of uh, this, this um, board fee uh, has, has kind of been interesting, actually. Um, you know, because, because when, as Matt was saying, you don't necessarily have to come and play board games. You can just eat and drink and then that fee is nothing, you know? Um, and just seeing like how many people are coming in, doing what, and you know, when we've, when we've had specials where there aren't board fees and things like that, it's, it's just been, it's been, uh, uh, really, really fascinating to watch and to where we are now. And so with COVID and everything, I know you've had to, you know, shift a little bit. So you want to talk a little bit about some, you know, some of the changes you've had to make? Well, I mean, before COVID, a lot of one, a lot of the things that were drawing people in were our events. Yeah. We had trivia night. We had family game series where families would come in and learn a board game. Um, and so. Yeah, we had a singles night. We had a yeah. D&D night. You know, we had, yeah, we had tons of events that were every week things so yeah so we've definitely had to shift from that yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well i was gonna say too like you know um a big part of what rpg is um is the experience of actually being at rpg and you know majority of that is megan um you know she's the one that's designed all of our aesthetics and she built if you've been upstairs all those tables she built uh, with her own two oh, wow. um, and so uh, that that was difficult when when things had to shift to you know delivery and carry out and, and, and that kind of stuff because because what we offer is such an experience you know the food is great the drink right. is great but it's it's about the experience at RPG and so we've definitely had to shift and adapt um, for sure I think that uh, working together we created a really um, beautiful and relaxing outdoor dining space where people can come and still get the experience but in the safest way possible and then inside uh, we I feel like we have really gone above and beyond to create a, a safe but still cozy environment for people to come uh, and still experience RPG, even though we've had to scale back, you know, to make sure that we are providing the distance that we need between the tables and that um, we are just, uh, yeah, just being careful. But, but it's, been, it's been great to expand outdoors and, you know, provide kind of a unique experience for people in these unusual times, uh, just kind of thinking outside the box and looking for opportunities to uh, to expand and grow in directions that maybe we wouldn't have thought of if we wouldn't have been faced with these difficult circumstances. So one thing that's really great about our team is that we kind of thrive in uh, high pressure or difficult circumstances. <laughs> and we've had a few of those this year, uh, just, yeah. just uh, with the with the changes, you know, and, and the requirements of, of COVID and just our own personal desire to make sure that everyone that comes in our door is safe. Like we care about the customers, you know, we care about the people coming in and we want them to, to feel like that they can relax knowing that on the back end, we are working very hard to make sure 
that that they are well taken care of, you know, that they're able to enjoy our food and our drink and play the games, but they also know that when they leave or before they come, everything's cleaned, you know, everything's sanitized, everyone's screened at the door. You know, we're just taking a lot of measures uh, to make sure that, that people can kind of take their hat off and uh, just relax when they come in. I think what's really beneficial um, that um, as a result of COVID is that our game, like our game setup and game process is changed. I took off the shelf a lot of the long, the games that people weren't picking up to play anyway. Um, the games that take a long time to play, taking it off the shelf so there's more space to just see the games that people are more likely to pick up. Mm -hmm. And then now that we have the quarantine system, after the game's played, it's put into quarantine, that process actually just also helps me like keep track of what games people are playing. So now I know even more than ever like what games people are playing, what games I should get more copies of. So I think that's actually helped that's right. my side of things. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's a number of things. You know, Nate and Megan with their, their nursing experience and Nate being an active nurse right now has helped a lot because we have been able to make sure that everything at, at RPG is above and beyond, even what the county is requir requiring, instituting some, some of those things that the hospitals are doing, um, like temperature checks in the door and screenings and those types of things. Um, and so that's been really beneficial in helping us all feel very safe about the work environment and helping the customers or guests feel safe. Um, but, you know, adding carryout, we didn't have carryout before COVID, you know what I mean? Uh, and then bring RPG home is a huge one, um, you know, and this this is a new concept that uh, really only came about because of COVID, because the entire idea prior to this was, um, you're coming here to us, we're right? And now we have this massive library of board games, and, uh, you know, we have half the tables that we had before, and, um, you know, people right. are, uh, you know, rightly so cautious, uh, at times to uh, to go out and about and sort of like <laughs> scrambled for a long time trying to figure out how to utilize this resource that we had um, and then came up with bring RPG home so you know it's a it's a website it's bringrpghome.com and uh, it has our entire library of all the board games on there with descriptions and categories they're all cataloged you can search through them and filter them and all that kind of stuff and find the game that you want and you can uh, take it home for as little as four bucks a night kind of treat it like Redbox a little bit. Um, or you can kind of do it like if, you, if, if we all remember Netflix DVDs, you can kind of treat it like that, or you can pay uh, fourteen ninety nine a month, and you can have up to two games home at a time for as long as you want, switch them out as often as you want, and that kind of stuff. Um, and so that's been that's actually been taken off uh, quite a bit. We're still um, you know looking forward to, for it to continue to grow and grow, um, but uh, it's yeah it's been a great. A great benefit to us, and I think uh, you know everyone that's been a part of it thus far. And uh, you know, we know that uh, people are excited about it because we keep hearing other people saying, "Hey, I've heard about this. Uh, how do I how do I sign up?" And we're like, "Oh, you just gotta," you know. Uh, so it's been it's been going well. Matt was the architect of that. He's done a really great job with that whole program. The IT background, you know. <laughs> so. We've seen a lot of new enthusiasm with families to uh, play yeah. board games together as well. And RPG Bring RPG Home really provides a really unique uh, avenue for them to be able to do that, to try out a game as a family, to bring it home, sit around the table. You know, because when you have kids, you're extra careful. 
uh, and you want to keep them safe. So it's really exciting to be able to provide that to families. And we all have kids, and so we understand that. And so we're able to, as parents, also just say, hey, spend some time together as a family. We'll provide you with just a really wholesome way to spend time together and you can order food and, you know, take a break from cooking for the night. A lot of parents are really stressed about schools not being back in. And so it's been, it's been a great, uh, it's been a great service to our community, especially families with kids to be able to have a way to, to spend time together without having to necessarily go out of the house, but still ha- kind of treat yourself and have a night in mm-hmm. and just have some good old fashioned fun playing a board game together. That's really important too, because our mission has never changed. Our mission is to build community and strengthen families. And so even though COVID has changed a lot of the forms that it takes right now, uh, you know, we still have that same drive, that same focus to build community and strengthen families. Yeah. Just, um, yeah, that's exactly right. And you know, when you're you're looking at that price point and you're thinking about the cost of games being anywhere from forty to sixty bucks a game or more. Or more, and then you're paying, you know, we have a library like in our library of over a thousand games, you know, over a hundred of them are, are family centric aimed at younger, you know, audiences. So um so anyway, yeah, it's it's been going great and we're looking forward to that. But it's kind of been interesting finding this new demographic at the same time because we have so many more families that are coming and participating in this. Um, you know, uh, than, uh, than we ever had before. No, I, I really, I, I, when I saw you, saw you come out with that idea, I mean, I really, I was like, that's a, it was a super smart. I thought it was, I thought it was, I'm like, that's a great re- use of what you have. And, and yeah, I've always, you know, that's usually my big, uh, you know, reason I, we don't do board games is a lot of times I don't want to necessarily commit to one or know if I'll play it that much to really justify buying it. So I think that's a really good opportunity, like you said. And, I think especially with COVID, everyone being at home all the time, every, anyone's looking for any way of uh, entertaining kids and all that, I'm sure. And, and any help they can get, I mean, I think that's a, that's a great... Well, and there's only so much Netflix you can watch. So, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. It does run out sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it feels good to be able to provide your kids with uh, some type of bonding family experience that doesn't involve media and technology. Uh, it's good to just mm-hmm. take a break from the screen for a little bit, especially if they're doing school online and just step away and yeah. kind of unplug and just be together mm-hmm. and laugh together. And our kids, you know, they all love board games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, right. so opening RPG and then extending it to, to bring RPG home has kind of been a dream come true for them yeah. <laughs> because yeah. they're all avid board gamers themselves. Yeah. So any opportunity to, get together as a family and do that. It's always really exciting for our kids, especially mm-hmm. as well. Honestly, our kids are our biggest marketing arm. I mean, like yeah. it, it doesn't matter what we're doing. <laughs> we're out and about. They'll say, Hey, do you know, do you know that, that we own RPG? Yeah. You can go down there and play games. And it's like, <laughs> they're just yeah. in front of us in line at the supermarket. <laughs> yeah. That's why if you can win the, win the kids, you can win the parents. marketing. <laughs> Well, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, the food and drink. I know that's not, you know, necessarily something that you're directly, you know, in charge of or responsible for, but just kind of talk a little bit about the philosophy behind the menu. Um, you know, most of the food that you offer is just, you know, good kind of classic sandwiches and things like that, but with, um, 
you know, that special twist that you can only get from going out somewhere and, you know, not making it at home. Um, also saw on your website that just earlier this year, um, you sort of switched to more locally sourced things for your menu. So kind of talk us through that decision. Uh, I'll speak to the, um, the, that transition there. Uh, there actually were a few reasons. One, I mean, you know, we're, we're very much for the ethical reasoning behind, uh, uh, you know, um, sourcing everything locally or as much as possible locally. You know, the, the, the other reason was simply that once COVID hit and everything shut down, supply lines really changed for us. And so it was also a very practical decision as much as an ethical decision. Obviously, we continue it on the supply lines are back open. Things are, are running relatively smoothly. Uh, but, you know, we continue this for the ethical reasons, you know. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's exactly right. You know, we, we wanted to, we wanted supporting RPG to be supporting local beyond just RPG. Um, and so you're, you're supporting the local farmers that we're, we're sourcing our stuff from and all this kind of stuff. And so that's our stuff, our food from. But uh, that's, that, that was much, very much the intent was to, the, the Lawrence community is very much a community that is, um, tight-knit and is um, about you know lifting each other up um, and so that was that was a, just a huge thing for us to not only give that to the people that were already you know uh, our friends and, and were regulars at RPG but to be able to continue to offer that to, to the rest of Lawrence as well as they're seeking for opportunities and ways you know for the little the little bit of money that we all have right now to be able to support and have that dollar go as far as possible and this is a really easy way to uh, to do that as far as the menu i mean I, I can speak to that i don't know if anyone else wants to go ahead okay um so th there's a lot of things on there you know our our chef is pretty phenomenal at, at taking a recipe that you know and love and turning it on its head and making it something that now you, for whatever reason this tiny tweak has made it a brand new experience for you and you know our, our the example that i'll always reference is our uh vegan general sows which is um it's general sows but it's made with cauliflower and unless you know that um and if you're listening to this podcast um I don't know if there's a way to spoiler wave or something like that. <laughs> uh, don't listen to this part. Don't try it first, then come back. And, uh, but uh, no, if you if you uh, go into it not knowing that, you know, the first time I had it, I didn't realize. I knew that that this was something that he was preparing, but I didn't realize the dish I was eating was that. And then I was like, that's <laughs> that's cauliflower, and like we have that reaction so often. Um, it's the same like our smoked uh, buttermilk battered tofu sandwich is the same way. Uh, I uh, actually had a table a few nights ago uh, that I was doing a bunch of photos for our new menu and uh, I was taking a, a picture of, of this one and I said, any allergies, any issues? No, we're good to go. I said, I'm going to have you try something. I'm going to give it to you for free, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. You got to take a bite. And they're all blown away that it was tofu. They're just like, this is like, what is this, <laughs> a pork or a chicken or what's going on here, you know? And um, anyway, so, and I mentioned two, you know, things that are vegetarian or vegan, but we have some amazing, you know, chicken in our smash burger. It's absolutely phenomenal as well. Um, but, you know, the, the, the idea was making a small menu and a simple menu of things that we love and then taking one part of it and turning it on its head. You know, just changing this little thing over here, tweaking this, this little part right there and having it be something that's a completely new experience, you know. Um, and frankly, our cocktails are the same way. You know, everyone that works at RPG is uh, just 
just as much of a nerd as, as we are about about RPG, you know. And so, like, you know, mm-hmm. our uh, bar manager right now, we have cocktails that are like health potion, mana potion, uh, balderdash, you know, like all these things. Uh, potent potables is one of the, you know, uh, which is like a <laughs> multiple multiple reference, you know, uh, thing there. Yeah. And so, you know, it's. Uh, and they're phenomenal combinations too of all these different things. But again, it's taking something that you know or that you like or that you love, changing this little thing here, tweaking this little thing over here, and, and making it something completely different um, that you can now experience, uh, like you're having that drink for the very first time. So, yeah, um, the Nat Twenty isn't is yeah. a Negroni with right. a secret secret change in there, and right. uh, you know. It, that's one of our most popular drinks. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah, the Nat 20 mm-hmm. has been on the menu since day one and probably will never go away. It's so mm-hmm. popular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that's absolutely right. That's really cool. I, I was wondering, too, how much did you go into, you know, when you guys were coming up with the business, how much, how much did you say this is the type of food I want versus when you, you know, brought a chef on board and all that? How much did you just let them kind of go with what they what they wanted to do or you know how much guidance did you have did you say like oh i definitely want this type of food or anything you guys particularly um had in mind or did you just kind of they they brought ideas to you and it was great so we looked for uh, a chef that we felt like could explore food creatively and um basically from the beginning have just been completely impressed and our confidence in this person's ability to create delicious food is very high. <laughs> so so yeah. from the beginning, we wanted to be able to give our chef the creative liberties to make dishes that would be something that we wouldn't necessarily think of. None of us are professional chefs or have any experience cooking professionally. And so... I think it was the right choice for us to allow them some freedom to develop a menu that reflected what we wanted people to experience, the feeling of RPG, but within those parameters, food that, you know, really captured their own personal skills and abilities to be able to share with everyone. There's a lot of ownership from all the staff at RPG. You know, every everyone there understands the that they have a lot to bring to the table beyond just the position they're hired for. And that includes our management team, obviously, most definitely. Um, but even, you know, our cooks and our servers and all that understand the the the, the passion and the and the, the drive that uh that, that we have to allow them to allow their ideas to flourish what you know like constant questions of what do you think about this or what are you thinking about this or like oh that's a you know they'll bring suggestions to us and that's a great idea let's do it you know or you know maybe, or, well, maybe we need to tweak this a little bit but let's 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 try this out um and that's very much how, how we work um you know as a as a, as a business team but as a you know as owners um of the, of the restaurant as well um we're we're open to uh you know whatever new ideas anyone on the team has has to bring forward. So, One thing that you guys have that is, um, I think, unique to RPG in town is mead on your menu. I know it's something that I personally had never even tried before, I don't think, until we went there. Um, so kind of talk about why that's such a big focus for you, kind of where that came from, and uh, maybe a little bit about the different meads that you guys um, currently have on offer. Yeah, you know, like our establishment is, is very much the... the, the um, 
hey, uh, I'm cool, I'm hip, but, uh, but, but, but being a nerd is cool and hip. And that's the environment, right? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> um, and so, um, you know, and so anyway, so the, the idea of bringing these things that are very uh, nerdy things into an, a, a hip and cool environment, that was very much the point. And so, like, when I don't, I don't even remember how it came up that we wanted to have mead. Do you remember how it came up? Yeah, yeah go right yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, at, you know, as we were, as we were, again, looking at trends on the East and West Coast, we saw this coming up on the East and West Coast. They've got, there, there are a lot of, a lot more purveyors of mead, new meaderies popping up. And we were actually beginning to see this trend happen right here in the Midwest. There are a few that are popping up that are really artisan, really cool. And, you know, really have like the same vision that we do for, for community and um, putting that on tap was a big deal for us uh, because, you know, it was unique and um, you, we, we got to know the owners of these companies and it was a real, it was a, it was a, a mutually beneficial uh, situation. And, um, you know, just as anything in RPG is about nerding out with mead, you can also do the same thing. You know, just as much as, as you've got wine connoisseurs, you know, you've got your dry wines and, and your sweet wines and, and all kinds of variables that really make choosing your experience something very rich. You got that same thing with mead. And I'm not sure that most people realize that. Uh, you know, if you know anything about mead, you probably think a, a really great, sweet, um, alcoholic drink that kind of tastes like honey. But really, there's all sorts of variables as well there that you can nerd out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're so glad we, um, I can't remember how we found Carl and Julie own that Black Labs Craft Meadery in Olathe, and I'm not sure exactly how we got connected. I think we were just searching out for local meaderies, um, but they just bring so many unique flavors oh, yeah. to all their meads. All of their meads are so yeah. excellent, and so currently um, all of our meads come from Black Labs Craft right. Meadery. Um, I think the reason we, we went with them specifically because of all the meteries we talked to when we were doing the pop-ups and said we wanted to have meat at the pop-ups, they were the only one that said, yeah, we'll be there. <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> you know, they, I mean, and that's fair because we were an unknown, you know what I mean? Like, we, we got that. We didn't, we didn't have anything established yet at that point. But they came out and frankly, we got spoiled um, <laughs> because, yeah. because we had their meat there and then we finally started connecting with other meteries around the place and... Um, like they're a step above, uh, you know, they really are in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, and so it's just, we're, we're thankful to be able to still be able to partner with them in that. Uh, and the fact that they're locally owned too, they're based out of Olathe. Um, so yeah, another, another local business that we can help support at the same time. But yeah, you think about all the varieties of honey that are out there based on the pollens and all this kind of stuff and all these different things. And then you can bring it into, you know, um, a, a, uh, an alcoholic experience like wine where you're adding other flavors too and et cetera, et cetera. And like, yeah, it's the possibilities are endless and they just, they, they've, they're award-winning. They've made some amazing meats. Mm-hmm. So. That's really cool. That's really cool to find that so close to home too. It yeah. makes, definitely makes things easier, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so something we've, we've wanted to, to know, and, and especially cause you were talking about how you, uh, you know, we're quarantining games and starting to get more data on stuff. And, um, kind of wonder what what are the most popular uh board games that people are playing yeah so what we're seeing time and time again is that um people are are going to the classics like that is our biggest 
section that people are reaching for. One thing that has surprised me is that people are getting Guess Who and Clue and a whole bunch of two-player games. Like our two-player shelf is the shelf that's most reached for as well as the classics. So that's what we're seeing. People are coming in and wanting to experience nostalgia of mm -hmm. playing games from their right. childhood, mm -hmm. sharing those games with their kids, uh, playing them in a group of friends. So I think that, that the nostalgia component is really key in the games that people select. Mm -hmm. yeah. And those are the games that, that people are playing while they're at RPG. Now, it's interesting that there's like a different demographic that's selecting games for the Bring RPG Home program. Like... People that are bringing games home are bringing games that are newer that we have, like Horrified or the Mariposas that came out. So it's just a different demographic of people checking out games versus coming into RPG and playing mm -hmm. games. I think the party games are also really, really uh, yes. a, a big hit too. Mm -hmm. Cards Against Humanity is almost never on the shelf because it's always out on the table. That's right. That's absolutely right. Yeah, we. I mean, I think that's something that you've discovered over time, you know, because when we, we initially started, we had a certain amount of games and a certain amount of sections, and we realized, okay, these sections need to be pared down, mm -hmm. and these sections need to be massively expanded, you know, like our classics and our party games and our dexterity games, both dexterity being like Jenga and things like that, um, you know, uh, games both, I think we've discovered over time just are by far the most popular, and, and frankly, that makes sense, too, you know, if you're coming in at 2 o'clock on a Saturday, you might grab, like, a heavier strategy game and sit down. But, you know, if you're coming in at, a, you know, 9 o'clock on a, you know, Friday or Saturday night or something like that, then you're more likely to want to wanna do something fun and get some drinks with friends and, and hang out. So, um, yeah, so it has been interesting. Um, yep. To, uh, yep. To I that. kind of like that um, through COVID, I've kind of had an ability to restart what I'm putting on the shelves. I, I did pare down the strategy section quite a bit and then beefed up the party section and two-player section and family game section. So, yeah. And that's one of the nice benefits of Bring RPG Home is that you can take it home and not feel rushed mm -hmm. to get through the game. You can set it up, you can walk mm -hmm. away from it, come back to it. Yeah. And so it gives you more time to really get into some of those deeper strategy games mm -hmm. uh, where you can just you know lay everything out and take your time and then bring it back when you're done. Yeah, that's, that's something too with the families. You know, we're going to see you know, a decade or two down the road, the nostalgia games change and expand quite a bit, you know, because uh, these family games, are, they're like, oh, I'm going to try. Yeah, I could, we could do Candyland, but, you know, we've done it a million times. We could try something else, you know. And uh, frankly, a lot of the, the game developers are realizing this. There's a whole lot, Ticket to Ride Jr., Catan Jr., um, Carcassonne Jr. There's a lot of these games that are that they're making kid variants or child, you know, kid-centric variant versions of these games mm -hmm. um, that are already very popular games. And so, um, you know, I think that's, I think that's, I agree, I think it's fascinating to kind of see the, the, the change in games between Bring RPG Home uh, and, and people that are playing in RPG itself. I just thought, you know, Betsy, as, a, as someone who was, you consider yourself a, a big gamer, I imagine, uh, imagine it's a pretty fun experience to, uh, you know, you basically have an excuse to buy a bunch of board yeah. games. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 was just, I, I was just thinking, what what's um what what's been the most surprise? Uh, I don't know. What's a game that you know maybe you didn't know about, and then as you've been buying new board games and things like that, what's what's one of your favorites that you've discovered through this process? Um, one of my favorite games is Azul, and it's 
um, iterations. iterations. Yeah. There's Azul, there's Azul Stained Glass of Sintra, and there's Azul Summer Pavilion. They're all abstract strategy games. They're just beautiful, gorgeous components. Hmm. Um, it's simple enough to play, but there's like a lot of strategy, a deeper strategy that can you can go on and like um, get better as you play the game over and over again. But it's simple enough that I can play with my five-year-old and seven-year-old. And they just like collecting the different colors of tiles because it has like beautiful chunky tiles. So I, I love the Azul games and love teaching those games. I'd say my favorite game um, that I've newly recently discovered is a game called uh, uh, Escape the Dark Castle, which is essentially a card game with a, with a few dice. Um, and it's it's very simple, but you're like trying to work your way out of this uh, this underground castle, and and there's monsters, and you got to fight them and everything, and that's a blast. But I'd actually say one of the most interesting things about acquiring lots of games is learning the history. Uh, you know, for example, Clue, the game we all know, uh, it was invented in England during World War II while the Blitzkriegs were going on so that people had something to do in their bomb shelters, you know? Like, learning things like that has just been totally, totally rad. Yeah. And one of my favorite things about learning about board games. And so we'll bring in a trivia night, too. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I th my favorite is uh, this um, two-player game called Onitama. Uh, and it's, uh, we kind of call it chess light because um, it, it seems like it has a chess board. It's a six by six or five by five square um, you have your master and your four students on each side and then you basically have these cards that you're kind of changing back and forth with people um, as the certain moves you can do um, and the objective is to you know basically capture the master um, of your opponent um, but it's, it's there's a lot of interesting strategy that goes into that each game is maybe about 20 minutes tops usually not much longer than that um, that's what we kind of call it chess light but it's a great great two-player game that I definitely would not have known about if it hadn't been for RPGs. So. so I tend to naturally steer towards word games. I just like the, just, I guess, the concrete aspect of playing games around words. But since Betsy's my friend and she is the board game expert, she introduces me to a lot of games that I might not have necessarily picked up on my own, and it's always an enjoyable experience. So she, she's pretty good at gauging what types of games I have the mental capacity of learning <laughs> at a given time and is very good at explaining the instructions. And we always have a lot of fun playing games together. And it, it's usually you know fun to come back to, the, to some of those same games that she's taught me. Yeah, most recently we played Suro, which is a yeah. path game. And it's like, I love this game because it's like two to eight players. So it works with a variety a variety of people um, and it's really simple you're just setting tiles down and fo following the path and they the point of the game is you need to stay on the board right. last man standing wins and so if your path cross with anybody else you're both off if your path reaches the edge of the board then you're out of the game so which is nice if you have had a couple of cocktails. It's good to have a game that doesn't require a lot of deep strategy. A basic objective of staying on the board is nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Do you guys have favorite cocktails on the menu or favorite food items on the menu at RPG? I love the curry um, cauliflower tacos. Yeah. Like earlier mm. we had the curry, curry fried cauliflower. So anything that our chef has done with curry 
and fried cauliflower is so good. Mm -hmm. I just love the combination. Uh, you know that uh, that our new mana potion is pretty impressive. It has edible glitter in it, and uh, you know mm -hmm. you can literally we, we we serve it in a bottle, and uh, you can actually spin it around and watch it swirl. You know, uh, before you magically yeah. you know, <laughs> before you then pour it in, uh, and uh, it's just a creative and ingenious taste at the same time. Uh, it's it's probably my my current favorite. I think my favorite menu item is going to be uh, one of the items that our sous chef actually debuted here recently. It's a crab cake dish, although there's no crab in it. It's uh, it, it The texture and the taste is very similar to crab, but it's actually made with mushrooms. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm a big seafood guy and I'm a big mushroom guy. So it really was just like, <laughs> you know, this perfect dish for me. <laughs> Served over rice, this really, you know, um, excellent sauce and uh, big fan of that one. I always reach for the hot chicken sandwich. It's my favorite. It's been on the menu from the very beginning, and it is the best one in town. <laughs> and it's only $5 every Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like classic foods. It's, yeah. it's an excellent classic. And so something we've uh, also been asking everyone uh, in these times too, you know, obviously when you're not eating at RPG, you know, what's your favorite, uh, what's your fa been your favorite kind of takeout or, um, yeah, around town? So I'm so I, I mentioned earlier that I'm from Detroit, but actually as a child I was I'm from Honolulu, and ramen bowls actually is just really close to my heart because that's that's Hawaiian ramen. I, mean, I remember going to a, you know this community place called Shiro's. They had the best ramen, and I'll tell you what, ramen bowls really is on the same level as Shiro's, like my favorite place as a kid. Yeah, yeah, they do a great takeout. Mm -hmm. uh, we, I, El Potro, I mean, like. You know that's that's a regular for us. Uh, you know um, yeah. we like that one quite a bit. Uh, we we ate there a lot uh, when we dined in, um, and that's one that we uh, would continue to, uh, to yeah mm -hmm. to eat when we're getting carry out or delivery. So Mexican food's my favorite. Yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> her favorite. So. I'm a, I'm more of the Americanized Chinese food. That's kind of my favorite. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and and whatnot. Um, Oh, yes. Okay, so Chibaros. there's... Yeah, Chabarro's Mediterranean yeah. Grill in the gas station next to the Jiffy Loop is definitely my... I, I would probably say top of my list if we're going to get to go, and it's not RPG. It's usually RPG yep. because we love the food there. But uh, <laughs> if, we're, if we're getting something different, it's that that uh, little Mediterranean grill next to the Jiffy Lube on 23rd Street. It's awesome. Yeah, it's got a little hidden gem right there. Yeah, yeah, it is, definitely. Thai Diner. That's what I remember. Thai it. Diner. I knew where it was located, and there I couldn't remember it in the yeah. moment. So Thai Diner is, uh, is definitely uh, one of the best places, I think, in Lawrence for a good uh, um, Asian cuisine. So, yeah. Yeah, I've heard many people many people uh, talk about Thai Diner. It's, a, yeah. it's another good popular favorite. You know, what's a, you know, the thing I thought about too is, you know, what's it been like? You know, I, I think a lot of the businesses we've talked to that, you know, do open up or have opened up on, on Mass Street, you know, it, it always sounds like it's kind of a, you know, it's a pretty, pretty inclusive, you know, family or a community there because it seems like a lot of the businesses we've talked to, it's always about, you know, raising each other up, kind of helping bring people downtown. What's it been like kind of, you know, coming into that, into that uh, world down there? Jeez, it's been so welcoming. You know, we got hooked up with Downtown Lawrence Inc. really quickly. Sally Zagrai, um, just can't say enough mm -hmm. good things about her. The Chamber has been really helpful and connected us with a lot of other businesses downtown as well. 
the, you know, just the atmosphere on Mass Street is, is exciting, it's fresh, you know, it's, it always seems like someone's doing something innovative, uh, which, it, you know, always really excites me. Um, so, you know, we've made some really great friends and um, uh, been able to uh, participate with Lawrence Restaurant Association here recently. And uh, that's also um, really great connections were made there and we're able to, to impact uh, what's going on in, in, in the city as well. Yeah. yeah, but downtown Lawrence, is it's definitely its own community. And, and even even for the Lawrence restaurant scene, downtown is like a, you know, a circle within a circle. You know, everyone knows everyone and everyone's, you know, like we got tons of places. We can walk across the street to Mass Street Fish House and we know we can always get a cup of sugar. You know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and vice versa, you know. And yeah. we have people all the time that are like, hey, I just ran out of carryout boxes. Anyone have any extra? I'll pay you back, you know, or, or I need another, uh, you know, Coke, uh, you know, Coke syrup. You know, box. Does anyone else have another? Yeah, yeah, we can. We'll hook you up. And that's very much how downtown operates. We're all just kind of, you know, uh, making sure everyone's taken care of and, and getting what they need. And it's, yeah, it's a good community. Well, we want to thank thank all of you for you know talking with us today. It's been really it's been really awesome kind of learning about how it came to be. It's it's such a unique a unique place. So I, I really it's really a really cool to learn. It sounds like you got you, you got you got a good team. Uh, you, you guys are still look like you you, you like each other, so <laughs> I guess that's a good sign too, right? It's all of a sign. It's all of a sign. Well, you're doing good, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So you know, for anyone listening, um, you know, we just recommend you if you haven't checked it out yet, you definitely should. Um, RPG, uh, you guys are right there at 724 Mass Street, so. Um, right on the north side of Mass, across from, like you said, Mass Street Fish House, and um, right, right in downtown. So, um, yeah, check check you out. It's uh, you guys are also on social media, um, where you post, you know, all new specials and, and things like that. So, yeah, er- almost everything's RPG Lawrence. So it's uh, Instagram <laughs> and Facebook and Twitter are all at RPG Lawrence. The website is RPGLawrence.com, and then of course um, for the board games, it's BringRPGHome.com to check out board games. So, yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. So yeah, definitely check those out. And um, yeah, thanks again. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Lawrence Fork in Kansas. We had a great time chatting with Matt and Betsy Poole and Nate and Megan Morges from RPG. If you're able to support the local food scene during this time, we really encourage you to do so. You can order a bunch of delicious food, beer, coffee, cocktails, wine, board games as we learned today, um, and a lot of other things from local businesses. You know, all of them are doing great takeout, delivery. Um, and there's a lot of opportunity to buy, you know, local produce from, you know, local farmers, either at, uh, CSA, Sunflower Provisions. And, and there's also that Lawrence Hospitality, uh, Workers Relief Fund, um, that is on the Lawrence Restaurant Association's website and, and a link in our pro, uh, episode description. And a small non-monetary thing that you can also do to help the local food scene is to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a rating so other people can find it and hear about the great things that are going on in Lawrence's food scene right now. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, basically anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on social media. We're on Facebook at Lawrence Forking Kansas, Instagram at Lawrence Forking Kansas, and Twitter at Lawrence Forking. You know, feel free, like Kristen said, find our pages, like them, follow us. Um, anything you can do just helps uh, spread the word of what we're doing and the businesses that we're trying to promote here. 
And if you're a restaurant or a food business owner in town and you're interested in coming on the show, please just go ahead and reach out to us on social media, or you can send us an email at lawrenceforkinkansas at gmail.com and let us know. We are always looking for new people to talk to and would love to have you on the show. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. 